All right, it is Valentine's episode. Yes, sir. Get put on your love-making pants. <laughs> Pop that <laughs> bottle of champagne. Throw some uh, rose petals over over your computer or or car or whatever wherever yeah. you're listening to this on your keyboard. Yeah, on your keyboard in front of you at the store. Just throw them. Just everywhere. start throwing. Just throw rose petals. Or anything uh, that looks like rose, rose petals. Yeah. And if anyone asks, just say, hey, right guy said I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take the blame. But uh, yeah, we got a great episode. Um, really fun one. Uh, our topic today is romance. And we get into uh, different types of romantic storytelling, um, different phases of romance, um, and share some fun facts about romance uh novelists and 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 stuff like that, our, even, our even own, going as far as the video games yes we do talk about video games we talk about our own history uh our own histories with enjoying different types of romance and media yes and um, yes and we will also be uh going over the challenges from last time which yes. is a very exciting part of this episode because these were collaborative challenges um, from groups that we were sorting together on Discord from our Discord community. And yep. uh, they're really great. And we're super excited about all the stories that we have this year. Yeah. It's a little shorter episode. We just wanted to to knock this out and uh, and get it out for y'all um, around, the, around this upcoming little holiday. But yeah, without further ado, this is Right Guys Episode 7. Yep. Let's get into it. Episode seven. Hey, welcome, welcome back to the right guy's table. Yes, welcome to our bar now in HD. If you are looking in, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, if you're not, if you're listening to this, just know that things are things are really clearing up around here. Well, focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to uh, again another stroke of genius from Ben's wife Julia. Thank you, Julia. <clears throat> yeah um <laughs> i did have this in the last episode because i did the background ah yes so anyway <laughs> moving on <laughs> oh man it is uh it's been a great week and i gotta say uh you know we'll obviously get into this but i the discord server has been so fun Mm-hmm. It's cool to jump in there, swim around a little bit. There's some content in there. We've got people contributing in the workshop. Yes. Um, it's been really great. And I mean, it's only been around for, like you said, like a week. And, and um, it's only been like a week or so since like last episode, which is crazy. Because yeah. we normally end up delaying <laughs> our recording. <laughs> and it feels like very recent. And um, it's just, uh, it's sort of been a whirlwind since last episode. I'm like racking, I'm kind of racking my brain, but I'm curious what's been on your mind. Oh man. Okay. So 
what's been on my mind um has been uh we well we got paired up in the discord uh we, we got paired up with random writing partners and so uh i got paired up with a guy named josiah mm-hmm. and josiah is awesome we clicked immediately on so much stuff um he's a nerd like me um we're both in both in a fantasy uh we're around the same age and uh he's 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 like getting back into skateboarding and uh and so and it inspired me to get back into skateboarding so i actually went and had my first skate sesh in about 10 15 years yesterday did you wipe (laughs) out I wiped out like a couple times, but honestly, like I just had a good time cruising around and I got a good sweat on and it was just like, it was, it was awesome. Um, but, uh, we also created this, this really fun story that I can't wait to share. And these characters that now, like I think about, and now, now I, now I want, now I kind of want to write like a whole book about this character that, that 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 i invented and uh and he wants to do the same about his um but it was just it was just awesome it was awesome being able to uh to dip into the community that that right guys has has um grown and and then have like an immediate immediately have such a rewarding experience and uh and and cross inspirational so um it was cool like we talked pretty much every day throughout the day um and uh and just got real jazz in our story and and that like you know writing inspires writing inspires writing inspires writing and um that got me thinking about other my other projects and i actually have uh some very exciting news uh last night um after yesterday i yesterday i was like it was like chair time day and um finished my story and then um had a break kind of did some stuff throughout the day and then i sat down and started working on the new a new sleeper song Mm -hmm. and the one that we already have all the music to that i've I've just kind of been bottleneck on bottle uh, a bottleneck on for like three years Mm -hmm. i think it's been about three years that maybe two years that that Shane's had that that song fleshed out musically, yeah. Um, and I sat down, and I wrote the entire song. There is officially Dude. a new O Sleeper song. The first new O Sleeper song in five years. That's uh, awesome. Was completed last night. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so pumped on it. And it's and it's exactly uh, the uh, I can't remember which episode it was, but we were talking about um, how. I was in this writer's block and how I was just trying to write what I thought would be cool and I wasn't mm-hmm. writing myself. Yeah. And the character that I that that I came up with and just kind of this like vague picture of like, ooh, I can relate to that. That that feels like me. That feels true. Yeah, um, I remember you talking about it last time. It's so good. Dude, it's- that that the whole that is the song like that like the the whole oh. song lives in that. Yes. And 
And it is, it is like, when I read it, I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly how I'm feeling. Oh my God, this is exactly what is going on. And isn't it the best, like now you're going to actually put out a song and people are going to hear it and they're going to just know you. Yes. From the, like, they'll just know what you've been going through. Yes. And they'll like be able to feel it and like sympathize with it. It's so crazy. Especially like, I'm a very... I'm a very social person and mm-hmm. I I really thrive off of connection and uh I hate social media like I'm, yeah. in in that I'm I just I, I think it's I think it's by and large very fake and filtered and all this stuff like that mm-hmm. and I'm a very raw and I want to be genuine and all this and so I I you know if you follow me on any of my social stuff like I I post like once a year sometimes like and it's it's just like a very polished post about the band so i'm not really getting like whenever we started the band and like writing like when i am god and and um and son of the morning and all that well whenever i was kind of in the writing bubble um i'd release something and then be like oh my god like like I'm putting myself out there like, like now there's, there's opportunity connect to, to connect again. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, and, it, and, and writing this and then reading through it felt like that again. And I was like, and like, I'm already, I'm already thinking like, okay, I'm going to start doing some vocal rehearsals. I'm going to start, you know, getting like getting my voice to where I want it to be for this. And then I can't wait to like track a demo and send it to the guys. And it's just kind of like, like getting yeah, dude. this momentum. And, and I, I was, I was walking around yesterday, just I, I finished at like 12 30 i finished the song and i just like it was i was like shocked i i wait I, 12 30 p.m in the afternoon okay so it was midnight yeah 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 so uh I, I i just like got up and i was like walking around my house and i was like i did it i was like talking to my dogs i was like i just finished this those sleeper song like first one of five years you know we, our band's been around for 15 years that means like a third of the history of the band has been a writer's block that just got broken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I texted Shane and I was like, I just, I just finished the lyrics, like full lyrics for drop G song, you know? And he was like, dude, I can't wait to see it. You know, and I told my wife and I was just like, I'm, I'm just like, Oh my God. Okay. It's, it has begun. It's, I mean, it's beautiful to see and i can relate like so much like it's like so many of your words are like almost the exact it's like if shane was the part of me that that wrote the guitar part two years ago and has been waiting for (laughs) the ben who's a lyricist and like in the past month i've had that experience and I text mm. guitarist Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, we fucking did it. It's yeah. crazy. Like, and, Dude, and, I can't, you're going to love this. Yeah. It like, fits like, perfectly. I think like mine was probably like 4 a.m. or something. But like, yeah, like same, just like getting up, walking around the house, like my heart, like beating out of my chest, like yeah. just like talking to my dog and like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> waking up julia at some point yeah. yeah like i felt like i was like standing on the front of the titanic just like <laughs> and uh 
So yeah, so I, I told you I went to bed at, at four thirty. I was just jazzed. I was amped. Yeah. I, I finished the challenge story, and I love that character. And then just sat down, and I was like, I'm just kind of try to. I'm gonna try to fig, finish a verse. And then I finished a verse, and then I finished. Then I went back and did the intro. Then I fleshed out the breakdown, and then I then I I finished the chorus. Then I got. To, then I was like, man, I'm making insane progress. I should probably put it up and do something else and i was like wait why am i thinking that and i was <laughs> yeah. like no i i, I want to keep this going there's nothing more important that i could be doing right now than than working I'm on this song liquid fire in my hands <laughs> yeah and i was like better put it down no yeah so i just held on to it and i mean the whole the whole writing session was probably like four hours um just working on that song and and then like and then i went through and and uh matched up like i went went through and trimmed it and matched it syllabolically to the rhythms that I wanted and everything like that and and went back and listened to um voice memos I had of of vocal rhythms I thought would be cool over it that were just like bah, 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 bah. and I was like okay so how am I going to rewrite that to fit that and then I just got it looking there and I was like oh my god and I just kept going kept going kept going did wouldn't put it down wouldn't put it down and then it was done it's amazing Thank you. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I can't wait to show you. I'm excited to hear it. And I, I certainly think that anyone, any, um, any, anyone listening to Right Guys who's been listening to us from the beginning and heard all of our talks and kind of the the full dynamic of our write, our individual writers' blocks and and kind of our journeys to the states we're in right now, uh, will hear this song and like when you like reading these lyrics will be like oh yeah this makes sense this mm -hmm. totally tracks um yeah so yeah and i mean like it's not i don't want to sound pretentious i mean i can't take credit for what right guys is anyway and it's as much you doing it to yourself or way more so but like it's the right guys curriculum in a sense right yes that we're it talking absolutely about. is it's like it's like this is a real thing that we've now accessed that anyone can access if you'd like join us for some challenges yeah we're not okay. doing anyone who's doing these challenges is like like right guys pretty much happens within these episodes are put together within like a 20 minute uh zoom call right before we hit record and start recording this you know so <laughs> that's a misrepresentation <laughs> <laughs> that's how much micah prepares <laughs> and and so and, but like what i'm saying is is you know the chair time of sitting down and working on the challenges and uh and then and yeah coming up with segments and stuff like that but but still just like sitting down and doing it and just being like no i'm gonna do this challenge i'm gonna do this and like having to come up with new stories every time and having to like 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 bend and um and blow the walls off and find new routes and everything like that it's just it's just it's just kind of cleared the clutter in this creative pathway in my mind and and now like things are flowing like way more efficiently and that's that so, that's yeah. open to everybody anybody yeah. listening anybody who wants to help hop in and join this like, and i know you've thought of, you've thought about doing a challenge before and you've opened up your laptop and then you've been like, well, it's act I mean, this is actually a lot to, and there's a word count and then mm -hmm. I work and it's going to be due. And 
and that's what if it's not good we you know like, like like that's not like you definitely can like set your boundaries for your life and don't <laughs> do anything for this podcast that you don't want to do but that what we are offering you is the opportunity to if you're interested in this kind of creative um breaking your blockages if that's something that you're interested in we're offering that and it's not an empty promise we are going to guarantee it if you come if you submit five challenges in a row if you can do a challenge streak and you complete the challenges and it follows the guidelines for five challenges in a row we are going to have you on as a guest in an episode you will be interviewed in the right guys bar on that tv boom and we're going to talk to you about the right guys curriculum and your five stories that you wrote and what it has done for your creative process. Yep. So freaking pumped about that. And the, uh, and honestly, honestly, the discord hopping in and just, just getting to see our community talk to each other and being able to hop in and like, and, and chime in as well. And just like, it just feels so, it feels so good. And, and I can't wait to, to feature more of the people who are more more of the people in the bar with us you know yes. this bar is actually pretty packed and everybody in here is 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 working towards the same goals uh, and what we can and yeah just i love i love this idea and i, I think uh i think it's going to be awesome so yeah you guys write and get on this tv so we can hang out and um introduce you to the world <clears throat> so what has been on your mind ben hmm. yeah i mean so i guess i i also wanted to talk a bit about my experience with my sort of uh challenge this week with the group and and everything like we covered last time um you are more naturally inclined towards certain collaborative aspects of the anyway <laughs> does not play I, with others i <laughs> I, with I, others. I had a i had a great time <clears throat> with my so we, maybe first thing we have to cover so what ended up happening <laughs> with my group so like we we were we were pairing off in the discord and um we had an an even number and then an odd number then an even number then an odd number then an even number and we were like all right let's make the the teams with these numbers so we made three there were six people at that point who wanted to get grouped up so we made three teams of two and then one of the people from the team that did not have micah or i dropped out and so there was one extra person and which was my brother oh oh yeah i I texted him and i was like hey um if you're interested in doing this then like i'll group you up uh with someone but like if you're like busy and then no worries like but your partner dropped out so and then he was like i i had an idea and i was like how would you feel about joining my group as a third perspective nice same story and he was into it and my other the other partner was into it nathan and awesome. so we had a group of three very uh, cool and so that was like, that's a, another sort of logistical hurdle to get over is like planning with the, another extra person. <laughs> and, um, and at the same time, like, so I, 
I would say it's rare that I like take a, a real back seat in, in like a, a group thing. Um, when I, when I am like sort of creatively involved with the work, usually I, I get really involved, but it's rare that I sort of run point on like coordination or like production. Um, just cause I'm not as organized and, uh, I realized luckily like the day of like, I mean, before assigning teams like that, no one else was going to do it. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I just have to like I'm like the camp counselor. Thank you it's for like, doing I, that, by the I way. Thought I like like all <laughs> oh, like right guys feels like a a summer camp, and I go and I'm like a kid at the camp, and then I remember that I'm the camp counselor. <laughs> yeah, and, we announced the challenge, and then I was like, man, this is gonna be sick. Totally just <laughs> just went about my day. I was yeah. like, didn't think about it, and then finally you're like, okay, so this, so hey, here's your partner, here's who's no, gonna we, be here. We, I, we I looked a, in, I was like, oh yes, I, I can, doing I can it. really relate. We have a super similar kind of psychological, like we just assume things in the universe are gonna <clears throat> happen automatically and naturally, which I think is a healthy way to a healthy yes. outlook to have in a lot of areas of life. But then I think when we come to these <laughs> moments where we're like in charge of something, and it's just like. Oh yeah, that's gonna be cool. Like we're getting paired up in Discord and everything. And then it's like, oh, someone has to. Then it's like, oh yeah, I have to write down names on pieces of paper and put them in a hat. You think you're thinking you're thinking like, well, Micah doesn't know what a Discord is. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even know how to log in right now. So it looks yeah. like I, this is me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's and, so true though that's like if 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 we have we if we have a good idea it's like oh that's a oh that has to happen cool it'll happen so that's happening now Shane's anyway on to the next one it, right? <laughs> <laughs> people who actually get things done yeah um, shane and julia <laughs> i surround myself with very responsible people <laughs> and that, i think that's a survival mechanism <laughs> um so this was amplified or not not necessarily amplified but just repeated then for the scenario of being in my group you know not just for organizing the logistics of getting people into groups but then it's like realizing that oh once i'm in a group i'm the right guy host yeah. i'm the one who should be the responsible one telling people like all right like i have some ideas like what are your ideas like here's some and so like i i I'm like, I, I normally would feel like very comfortable sort of just like finding whatever ideas are coming and then like trying to work into them. And like, it just felt like, like there was a realization <laughs> that I had to uh, like be somewhat responsible and like timely with it and like be like, oh, the one who's like, getting things in first which didn't happen at all and it ends up being like the other my two partners both wrote their things before me mine did too just <laughs> his first he, he was like he, he he almost had his done the day we decided what we were writing about about and i was like whoa whoa and anyways no, I, just, <laughs> yeah, I, I had the same experience <laughs> it's like yeah you uh yeah, so I uh, I was working with them. We we sort of built the outline, and like we built out um, 
what we were going to write about. And then it was just like the last two days. And we sort of wrote them one at a time after that point and just were like making sure that we kind of fit things into the world that the other person has established. But what I, what I sort of was excited about, about um, one of the things that we did collaboratively was like working hypothetically together in real time. So I put us on the same Google doc. Mm. And so my idea was that if we were ever writing at the same time, then we could be like seeing what the other person is writing in real time and adjusting oh, that's what's cool. happening in our story. Um, and idea. so like since, since it was on the same document that did make it easy for everyone to go in and tweak things um, like sporadically or like right before the deadline or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, uh, being able to see it and, and just tweak based on that, obviously it's the same thing if you just start sending each other updated versions, but Google Docs is sort of a API that does that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, so uh, other things that have been on my mind, there's this board game that I'm going to be playing, which I wanted to ask you about that Ravenloft board oh, game you played yes. with Josh. Um, yes. But there's this game I've been playing um, called Kingdom Death. And it is a board game. It was a massive Kickstarter board game. One of my, some, or a group of my friends paid a lot of money for this game. <laughs> and uh, now it's, it's like got these crazy miniatures. There's like insane, like you have to like build and like they're like this big and they like oh, go on like sick. the game board and it's just like super intense. And what's really interesting about the game as sort of a writing, um, uh, idea is like uh, they have outsourced or they've programmed role playing. Like they've pr- not really role playing, they've programmed what you get from role playing into mm. like readable content. Like they bridge, they bridge the gap um, between, like they bridge the gap of immersion with like production value. It's like the, so it doesn't require you to ever role play. In fact, the game works a lot better if you don't, because like it's sort of baking those more like personality driven things into the storyline already. So like you can just be reading it and like let the things happen and enjoy the ride. Yeah. And it, and it, it feels still like an interactive kind of like choose your own adventure, just like story where you're trying to survive and trying to win and trying to like, go get beat the next hunt and beat the next boss like beat the next monster get your your population up and but like there's a game book and like each like rules page is also like it has like a narrative to it like there's like Mm -hmm. all the like and and then the enemies are this is what's really interesting like so the, the the enemy fights there's multiple decks there's a deck for like the part of the enemy that you hit and then oh, there's like decks, cool. a deck for the different attacks that it can do. And like you build the enemy's AI by like building different decks for the enemies. And so like the, every time you fight a monster, it has a slightly different artificial intelligence because it's list of moves, which incl- the moves include its movements and everything that it's doing in that turn kind of. Wow, um, that is really and, interesting. And so you pick it up and you read through like a colorful description of something dynamic happening that hasn't really happened before this session. And so it's just like a new, interesting, and the battle's unfolding in a dynamic way because then you're reacting how you want, but ultimately you're drawing one of its hit locations. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'm like cutting at like the Achilles tendon. 
and then there's like a description for what happens you get a crit and then there's like an additional description for getting a critical hit on that area and now the monster is specifically wounded and it has every move card has like if it's wounded in this way then it can't do like every any move card that has a specific yeah. area of the body that it needs to use can then be damaged so it and feels so it feels very interactive it's in, it's incredibly very like immersive yeah even more so than like a video game it's mm. like it's 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 like touching on the, the the things about reality that we love in, in games yeah. and want to get closer to like when when a dm is really great in, in dungeons and dragons and can work in those more dynamic like encounter elements and not just make it attack attack um to enemy turn player turn enemy turn player turn right like, um so yeah it's it's like you're you're going through the motions that are sort of regular in a game of like attack, defend, block, dodge, attack. But it's like every time you do it, you don't have like in D and D you have to think of a way to make it fun. Like you have to come up with mm -hmm. uh, in this game, you don't have to come up with anything. Right. It just hands it to you. Dude, that is, it's sounds very similar. It's like, it's like the, so I, I uh, there's another thing that was on my mind. There's two games that are on my mind right now. Um, and uh, Castle Ravenloft, which is a, a Dungeons and Dragons board game. Which is based on the, the one D&D &D adventure that I ran, the, uh, a year-long campaign that I ran. Uh, oh, nice. Called Curse of Strahd. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, basically, it's it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons light Um the the thing that really sold me on it was or that that got me that piqued my interest was you can play it one player because the game engine is built into the um to the decks and the descriptions mm -hmm. and like and the it it forms as you go so every time it's going to be different um like but uh you like just like you were talking about like you have you have specific characters you can choose like like it basically just it just it, it cuts out um it cuts out some of the some of the mental prep that you got to do going into a dungeon dungeons and dragons campaign which is awesome which i love doing that but sometimes you don't have time to do that or you just want to hop in or you just want to play with somebody um and you want to get that D, D experience yeah so uh is it's that they they're very similar in that yours seems a lot more immersive though and like like a lot more mo moving parts and uh and that that really excites me because after experiencing uh castle ravenloft <clears throat> immediately i was like okay i want to do this again i like how can I strategically get my wife to play this with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, there's there's some really great like board games like with really immersive element like uh, Mansions of Madness is an yeah. eldritch horror um, board game that is like six to eight hours with like, nice. but it has like it has great like little like plot elements, descriptions, and things. It's just like, and then the minis are like epic, like insane, like detailed monsters yeah. like that fit in your hand and the the one that the one that we did was a solid it was two hours and it was two hours like and we were we were learning it still and we did the easiest like if it's your first time you're playing with somebody else do this campaign 
but there's it, the, the the game comes with 13 different campaigns Ooh. and you can play up to um you can play any character in any of the uh the Dungeons and Dragons world cuz you basically get a character deck for that person mm. and then they can exist in any of these things which is which is also really cool so you could collect these board games and have exponentially more possibilities um, wow wait so did you so you did you, sorry did you say it comes with a set of characters or did you create yeah. your own okay yeah it comes with a set of a set of characters and um, they and how many are there there's five i think it comes with the it comes with a dragonborn fighter comes with a wizard a cleric um rogue and ranger and nice. so you you know you pick you pick one of those um but then every every dungeons and dragons board game that are that they're doing in this type of format which they have there's a, there's a bunch of them out there um each one has five different characters so none of the characters are oh. any of the other ones right yeah that makes sense that's cool yeah and you level too which is cool um there it's meant to be bite size so it's meant to be able to like start and finish in one session um but it's cool like it gives you basically one experience leveling thing so you can go from level one to level two and gotcha. uh and and it's exciting to to do that like i think i leveled my character an hour and a half in and uh josh didn't didn't get to level his um like uh because you basically can spend experience that you get from killing monsters on escaping um certain uh certain encounters you can escape an encounter but that spends like a certain amount of experience or you can save that experience and when you roll if you roll a natural 20 and have enough experience. If you roll a natural twenty, then you get to the, uh, the opportunity to spend your experience on leveling your character. So it's just it feels it feels exciting. You don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to happen. Like it kind of creates those moments in D and D that you end up loving and that end up being the most memorable. Where you're like, I want this so bad, but I may not get it. And, mm -hmm. and like like the 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 pressures on the line. You know, like like yeah. it's. Uh, so it was it was really cool. I want to check out this uh, Kingdom Death. Yeah, that sounds sick. That'd be cool. That'd be fun to do a um, like a right guys like virtual uh, like play it in the bar. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be dope. And so I guess that's what's been on my mind. Was there something I was watching too? There's always something I'm watching. Oh, I watched um, I watched House. Oh yeah, I did, and did I know you? what you're talking about. Oh, just <laughs> oh, <man>. like, <laughs> oh, that was so creepy. Such they did a such bad a good job. You get in your yeah, in your whole body, honestly. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it just plays off of anxiety. It was like, yeah. oh man, I thought it was wonderfully done. I thought it was yeah. so cool and creative. I'm glad you liked it. Did Jenna watch it by any chance? No. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other, the the last thing I want I want to say is I started a new game. Um, we got snowed in for like uh, three days, and um, uh, my my wife works at a hotel, and she uh, and they got they got snowed in too. So she was like she was staying at this hotel at work 
for like three days and um i had josh over and so josh and i got snowed in for three days and we just played video games and um and he's also my writing partner as we know um so we did like writing sessions and um and then played board games but uh we stumbled across after playing like i don't know maybe our like 10th 15th hour of call of duty it was like okay we gotta change this up like i'm i'm getting numb and uh so we got on and i just did some quick research on cool rpgs for uh for for playstation and divinity 2 mm. you heard anything original about this sin. original yeah. sin yes i had I'd, i remember seeing a trailer for it like back in 2019 um and I never really like, I was like, oh, that looks sick. I want to look into it. And then it just passed me by. Looked into it, grabbed it, and it is awesome. Got into that, been playing it. And it, it, feels, it, it feels the most like playing D&D that a video game has ever felt to me. Yeah. And the narrator is awesome. And like when you do things, it's like as you walk in, you notice a, a, a familiar face of blah, 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 blah. You know, he gives you a sneer and then you have to interact with the with, with with people. You have to like what you say matters. You've got you get up to like four or three different companions. So there's four of you and each one interacts differently. So you're constantly like just lore is thickening and thickening and thickening. And you really feel like whenever you take over one of those characters, you're like, oh, I know. I know what he would say. And, you know, and like you're reading all the all the dialogue options and you're like, oh, screw this guy. But then you may be another character and be like, no, I'm I'm going to try helping everyone. You know, like it's just it's it's been super fun. The graphics are great. Um, I'm I've just I'm just now scratching the surface of it, but I've been really enjoying it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've heard great things about it. I've never played it. Um, I don't think it's my type of game. I'm under yeah. the impression that I would have a really difficult time getting through all the text and everything because yeah. I'm kind of a bad reader. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's slow, but fun. Yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, I've heard great things. I've heard it's like D&D, &D, uh, and that yeah. I, I know you can... Uh, you can like program your own campaigns, right? Like people make homebrew content, I think. Oh, Somehow. wow. Maybe they're mods. I guess it's probably a PC game. So I guess probably mods. Typically when I when I dive into something, I just, I like, I try not to do, after, I, after I've done enough research to be like, okay, this looks sick, I'm curious. Then I just stop looking and I just dive in and just try to go you know, until I beat it and then I got to beat it once or at least get to end game. And then mm -hmm. I start looking into to shit like that. So yeah, well, that'll be cool if there is. <clears throat> so I guess yes. maybe we should get into our topic. Yes, let's do it. It's kind of a specially themed episode, isn't it? It is because love is in the air. <laughs> this is coming out. Uh, is this coming out? It's not on Valentine's Day, but this will be. I mean, like, I could try to have it edited by then. No, 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 no. no. A couple days after, if, right? If, yeah, if we release on Wednesday, yeah, it'll be two days after. Okay, so we just had Valentine's Day. In the spirit of Valentine's Day, we uh, um, our topic today is romance, um, and the many different forms that can take, and uh, the importance of it in story 
Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I could start off with an anecdote about that. Let's go. I just have like, um, I guess as a kid, uh, I, from a, like a very young age was very interested in like romance plots. I think I identified that that was like one of my favorite things in any given movie like was like uh why am i thinking about the when the character is going to go back to the love interest rather than the fight scene but right just how it happens sometimes you know and so i i uh i guess i've been sort of a hopeless romantic throughout my life um i think that those words have applied and i've been uh interested in many i haven't like read or watched too much i guess like i've watched romantic comedies but i used to be into more serious like i used to read uh a lot of like the like john green the fault in our stars um looking Mm. for alaska and then uh just i don't know like other other stories that i was interested in it would often become sort of a main aspect of what i was looking for and so when I went into this college class, uh, like my first year and the professor was like, we were just, it was a liter class, like vaguely about literature. It wasn't literature, but it, that was very involved in the topic. And they, they, uh, they brought up romance as a genre and they mm-hmm. were wanting to validate it. And they were asking anyone, if anyone in the room is a reader and not to be shy and I was like, yeah, I'm not shy about this. Like, I think that this is a, a cool part of like, a, you know, who I am. So I raised mm-hmm. my hand loud and proud, only one in the room. Um, and like, they were like, oh, cool. Yeah, this young man. <laughs> and so we can, we continue like through the, like for a little while in the class and, um, and I guess it becomes clear that she was talking about porn at some point. <laughs> like that, that's what she meant by romance novels. And I don't know. Like I, I, I think I raised my hand and I made a distinction <laughs> at some point, but just like, just because I actually wanted to make the, I, I would love to think that I wasn't just defending myself. <laughs> And I really think that I had this to say, and it's what I want to say right now, that I think that romance does mean more than porn. Yes, it <laughs> and absolutely like, does. And uh, I I really value its place in storytelling mm-hmm. um, on many levels. Um, and I guess that's it. Uh, I that's that's <laughs> that my <is> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> just, so he, in front of your entire college class. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm super into porn. <laughs> I'm a fan. Like text-based <laughs> porn too. Like I feel like I feel like if she had just asked the room who is into porn, there would have been more hands than there were. <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. Um, but it's it's very true. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I've actually got a, uh, a a fun little tidbit. Um, 
romance book sales exceed $1 billion every year, selling more than many other genres combined. Annually, one-third of all mass-market fiction books sold are romance novels. So this is a massive desire um, to like 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 uh, to read written romance, um, and I feel like uh, you know when we were talking about this topic, it really blows me away that um, uh, that it's such a massive industry that so many people want to be involved in so many people want to read so many people want to like uh get swept up in these but also it's like culturally shunned in a way where uh where all the writers go by pen names because nobody wants anyone to know that they write romance even though it is definitely a skill like like to you know you, you talk about writing like a great fight scene um, you know, there are writers who exceed at that. And whenever you do, like the pacing feels right and you like gets you there, uh, puts you in the moment. Um, well, there's people out there skilled at, at romance, uh, at love scenes, as well as making you care. Like what, what strums the heartstrings? What, you know, uh, a powerful love scene could be, um, could be totally uh, weighed on what it means that they're hooking up, that they're having their first kiss, that they're um, seeing each other in person for the first time, that they touched hands for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be one of the most memorable moments in a story uh, by by knowing how to describe what these people mean to each other and what this action means. It can also be as surface as strangers meeting and hooking up but the love scene is so like raw and in your face that you're just like holy shit um that 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 you know you that, that it's vivid in your mind you know um either way it takes great skill and mm-hmm. um it's something that I, I would love to one day have a romance uh novelist on here somehow anybody who was willing to show their identity but mm-hmm. um uh, and just talk about that. It's honestly something that I've thought about um, multiple times, like trying my hand at. Like I just want to like 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 write a, see if I could write a a, a little romance novella, mm-hmm. and put it out there under a pen name and just like see what happens. But I think it'd be fun. Um, it's something you, deep, a deep written, connection everybody wants. Have you written romance like <laughs> short stories? <laughs> Like any, I've I've written so I, I like uh, in the novel that I'm writing that I'm that I'm working on that Josh and I were talking about for Titan EP, um, basically writing that five song EP as a full novel, um, and uh, in that there is there's dating and um, mm-hmm. and there's two characters that uh, that have this great relationship and and um i've written of like a number of dates with them that still like like even whenever i'm reading the draft like i can't wait to get to the date because i love how they play off each other i love like like it just makes like 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 i want them to succeed 
Um, and, and, and it really, it really like spawned on, I knew I was going to kill one, but I was like, okay. And I had that idea. I was like, was like, okay, but it's gotta really mean something like, like, like this death is going to change this character forever. So I need to show why, like, like I want, I want that to be gut wrenching. And so how did I like, like, like the approach that I, that I, that I took was like, okay, I need to get them on dates. People need a, a view into this relationship, how special it is. Like this is a, this is a slice of the good life. Um, they both need each other. They both like, like, how am I going to describe that? Like best way to do it, like over them joking with each other about their coffee order, you know, and like flirting and stuff like that. And then like the first time they, they, they like are sitting in, um, in the back in, in the back seat of uh one of their parents cars you know they're picked up from school and they're going and like they touch hands for the first time in the back seat and like hearts racing and and you know subject changes really quick and and like okay here we are okay i gotta go and you know you're just like oh my god um but that's romance mm -hmm. um and and it does it sets up your your events like your tragedies your um <clears throat> your victories to mean so much more when there's love involved. Mm -hmm. It's funny, like, and, and the other way around, um, like your tragedies, your, your love means more when there's like tragedies around. It's like, it mm. contextualizes what else the heroes go through. Right. So like, if he's trying to complete some quest and he's doing it for her, like that is the motivation also working in, in the opposite way, you know, mm -hmm. yep. rather than if she dies that, that adding gravity to, to that scenario and the plot, it's like, it works both ways. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like dynamics. Like we've talked about in the past, like having multiple elements, like having comedy next to horror amplifies both having mm -hmm. romance in a story this is why it's the most common b story i think um it it adds what do you mean? so like in in film at least like there's part of the the common um like beat uh beat by beat like plot kind of cheat sheet that is happening uh -huh. in a lot of hollywood films the b story it's a big part of like how the character learns the theme that they so like the okay at the beginning there's like a problem there's a conflict and uh then the conflict can't be solved because the hero doesn't understand the theme of the story yet mm. and then the and the resolution or the the climax is the hero synthesizing the theme as a solution for the problem and applying it and solving the problem and a lot of the times they learn that theme from the B story and the B story is most commonly, I think, I mean, I'm just talking out of my ass. I mean, I don't really have any idea. <laughs> I think that one of the most common B stories is romance and it makes okay. sense as to why there's like, there's a lot of stakes that you can create and usually it's tonally different and it yeah. creates that contrast from the main plot. But it's like, it's it's from from action or something it's it's almost like the the opposite thing you can imagine like total tenderness vulnerability yeah kindness i could and, see it definitely as a low fruit um of like okay but why is why is the 
the knight battling the dragon. Oh, because there's a maiden in the tower, mm-hmm. and he's got to save her, and he loves yeah. her. Oh, okay, done. All right, I don't need to know anything else. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, I'm rooting for him. But it's one of those low fruits that could that, that can be uh everything. You know, like 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 if you don't if you don't take the low fruit route on it and you uh and you actually dive into it, you make make it a focus rather than um or give it give it the time it needs to to really mean something, you know, like like it can really add a ton of gravity. Um the uh uh yeah that, that's just yeah that's cool yeah uh so yeah i think it's it's interesting with dynamics i think it can can amplify anything um and i <laughs> uh i have one story that i wrote that was like romance and not other things mm. um which was <laughs> i <laughs> it was I wrote it as a prank, <laughs> uh, not as a prank. I wrote it as a cover up. Um, <laughs> and what had happened was like my friend was out with a, a lady that he <laughs> liked, <laughs> and I was texting him about like that. Okay, but, you were but trolling she him. She was no, like I was like trying to encourage him. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like she was also in my phone because I knew her. And like I guess when you're writing someone's name, like in their names in your head, like and you're going searching through your contacts for who to send the message to, like sometimes that's just the name in your head. <laughs> what did you do? And so I sent a message to her directly. <laughs> that was supposed to go to him (laughs) just about the just the scenario that they're in (laughs) and like it was back what a guy (laughs) it was was back in like the sms texting era Uh and so like i had been like fiddling with the character count because i didn't want to send two messages like and have like a widow word hanging off in a separate text yeah and so so it sends and like I go into a panic and I start like freaking out and I, I'm, the gears just start turning of like how am I going to get out of this because like this is pretty bad <laughs> and I start getting texts from my friend and he's like what the fuck did you do what's what is going on right now like what and, is going and, and, and on I'm, right now everything just changed yeah and I was just like just don't don't say anything don't do anything I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> You and became I, such a huge part of their date. You're all of a sudden on the date with it them. It wasn't even a date. They were oh, hanging God. out. Oh, God. <laughs> like, there were other people there, too. Um, and I... Uh, what I figure out is essentially I hadn't used his name. And I hadn't, like, it was vague in certain ways. And because of the word count, I hadn't used punctuation. Or because of the character count, I hadn't used punctuation in a few key areas. And I realized a way it could be worded that the text would continue afterwards into a second message and then be about something else. And so I send her this second message. That's, like, supposed to be, like, a widowed one from on the end. But it's, like, it's after she's 
she's texted me back at this point. So like, obviously they didn't come through together. And so like, I, I sort of had to explain like, cause she's like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, why are you sending me this? Who are you, who are you talking about? Like what's going on? And, and so I was just like, sent the second message. And then I was like, Oh, like it's, it, I, this is like a story I was writing. <laughs> Um, a romance story. I, I, I don't know. It, maybe I was like, maybe you only saw the, maybe only the first message went through the first time here. Like, the, no, like this is the, this is what I'm, I'm up to, and like, <laughs> just thought I'd share and, something I'm working on. Yeah. Well, like, well, since it had been kind of about her, right? Like, like uh, her, she was kind of coming up in the message, so I kind of worded it to be like, you gave me this idea for this story. Okay. Like, like you, and so like the story I was writing was a lot like the, what they were going through at that moment. Like, so I start writing this romance story, right? <laughs> Cause I'm like, I, now I need to deliver something. Like they, all of a sudden I just have like a, <laughs> I, it was my first real deadline. And so, I, <laughs> Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> and so he's like, I, my friend texts me, he's like, oh, like, everything's cool. Like, I don't know what you did, but it seems like everything's fine. I'm like, all right. Oh my God. That's so I amazing. Write, I, I write it up. It was like three or four pages. I brought it in like a, a week later at school and I gave it to her. She was none the wiser. She's as far as I know. You had, fleshed out a full three, four page romance story to cover was, up. what It this... was honestly good as fuck too. It was pretty good. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Um, no, it was uh, it was probably not very good. <laughs> it was probably pretty bad. And the what I was gonna say about it was that years later, um, I went back for a class, and the it was just for a final thing. And I don't think I don't think there was a prompt on it. It was just our writing project for a creative writing class. And I cleaned it up and I added elements to it and i made it about a bigger thing and that was like just the first like half of it um and so i have experience now kind of interestingly writing that something is a great story writing something that is romance that is that is specifically romance for the sake of romance but then mm-hmm. also reworking that into a story and making it part of a bigger story that is like contextualizing mm-hmm. this story Nice. And so it was, yeah, just synthesizing those kind of. Man, you know, I something that surprises me, and I, I, I haven't read, I mean, I've read a good amount of fantasy, um, but in especially in high fantasy, like I don't see much romance. Like, like I, I see, I mean, there is some sprinkled through, but I don't see a lot of focus on it, and I feel like. I feel like that's. I don't know. I, I would. I, I'm sure it's out there. Uh, I would you love see some it suggestions. Done, so you see it done like it to to varying degrees. You've read um. Name of the wind. Yeah. So like Quoth and Denna to me has real hooks. Like that 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 one is a that one has like uh there's meat in that. <laughs> there's yeah. Like, there's something that, that's a good yeah that's true. Th- there's something to those interactions. But what I would say actually is a more direct way of how i think about romance being good or bad in these um and this will be spoilers for up to book two of stormlight um but uh 
I never was a huge fan of like Shalon and Adolin's relationship. It seems like a very standard, just like fantasy boyfriend and girlfriend nobles. And then she ends up trapped in the chasms with Kaladin. Yes. And so it's like, she's in a relationship that is very like non exciting. Right. That you're kind of like over and you like the characters enough, but like, you're like, why are they, I don't know. Right. Like it, it, their relationship kind of always annoyed me. From the moment then, she took his boots, I was like, "Come on, they gotta, yeah. they gotta hook up. Like, they gotta do this <laughs> with Cal- You mean her and Kaladin? Yeah, right. And and she ends up with the chasms in the chasms with him, and it's so much less of like a contrived. Like, it's they're not just nobles. It's like they're they found themselves in this situation. Like, it's so organic. Yes, and I real, love and that. they just end up like just spending the whole night just like talking and like wrapping each other's arms yeah 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 whatever it is it's like it's just very like it's like this nugget and and so it's really rare and like that is something that will amplify it because like it's it's like super distilled and concentrated in that moment in that story Mm -hmm. but i think that that is an example of how fantasy can do romance well yes absolutely and I wonder, like, I wonder if that was Sanderson, if he just kind of, like, rolled into that or if he always planned on them having that moment. Yeah, dude. It's because it did say. happen so organically. Yeah. You know, it didn't seem Knowing Sanderson, I feel, like he's, I feel like he's not a super intuitive writer. That's true. I hearing feel like hearing he, him he, do, like... He outlines a lot, but I don't know. Like, he, like, he outlined for, like, 10 years before starting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an, an outline? Stormlight yeah. was, like, his main project that he's been, you know, he was practicing for with mm-hmm. everything else for so long. So it's, like... Sidebar, yeah, we should uh, we should blip on a spoiler alert if if just for people who haven't I did. read. I did. Oh, you did? Okay, I, nice. I, at the beginning, yeah. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'd like to see. I'd like to see. I'd like to see more of it. I'd like to see more organic moments like that with characters. Um, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a really funny one. Um, uh, there, there's some, there's some hilarious romance scenes in um, the first Law trilogy uh, from Joe Abercrombie. And uh, he takes like sex scenes that, and they're sex scenes through the entire thing, but they're like they're funny. Like like the it's and it's funny because these characters are so human and awkward in a lot of times, and like or or, or like I mean they're or they they just like smell really bad, you know, because they haven't had a shower and you know <laughs> and whatever like sure. you know that yeah and like. And like it just seems like very, very raw and real, like you know, of like, uh, like, 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 um, also the like different different characters being like, um, uh, like roles being switched very easily, like like it's not not very tropey, you know. You'll have, um, uh, I don't want to I don't want to get too far into it, but either way, like 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 I've seen I've seen it, I've seen it done that way, which I thought was was cool. Like it's a graphic sex scene, but at the same time, it's not like it's not perverted in any sense, and it really makes sense with this character. And it and afterwards, you know these characters better because of it. 
you know would you say that's the main that's the main like role that they function in is like character development or 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 is there normally some some other aspect of plot that's also moved forward yes no i i think i think character development but also like um some of these events will like it's the reason why they you know missed the missed the watch you know like uh and and missed uh you know misgiving some cue or something like that or um they knocked over something that burned down the house or something like that and it, it starts this whole event and everything so they're they they make sense um and I, I thought I, I think that he just he does a he does a really cool approach with that a really fresh take on it. Um, another thing that's interesting that it it doesn't show up in in video games that much, but anytime it has, it's been a huge success. Like I remember, um, I remember like when Sims came out, and like I remember me and my friends all talking about like yeah, you can date in it, like you mm-hmm. can like like. And so I would be on Sims, like like trying to like save up money to buy f- virtual flowers and and p- or play guitar enough in front of this Sim <laughs> character to make them That's like me. Real. And, and like whenever the whenever like the, whenever the the little heart bar would like go to the next level, I was like, oh shit, she's into it. Um, and then and then I think about like when Fabled came out that was another thing everyone talked about. I was like, yeah, you can get married. It's like, what mm-hmm. you can get married? Like to who is like any woman in the game, any man, you can get married to a man. You can be gay. And it's like, what you can, th- then you can do anything like this is amazing. <laughs> I got to play this, you know? And so of course I had a character who, who like, who got married to a woman. I had, a, I had, I had a character who I just wanted to see how many different people I could marry. And then that caused all this conflict and everything. I had a character who was gay. Like it was, it was so fun. And, um, and then, uh, and then, then I think, uh, like more on the adult side, um, Witcher, which, which the Witcher game, it wasn't like the combat and everything got stale for me. I think the graphics are amazing. The worlds are amazing. The lore is really, really cool, um, but uh, that was one of the, like the the the, the later uh, games that I've played that actually had a strong romance side to it, where he has relationships and but you can also go and sleep with a prostitute. Like uh, you can like. I'm yeah, curious it, with The Witcher, not that this would like this is a value judgment, but like do the, do you have? Um agency or are they like kind of scripted like relationships that you kind of watch the cutscenes that are going to happen you can dive into them and diving into certain relationships will reward you certain things or it, it, it carves your path okay. and um and so so it, it does they're kind of side questy uh i think i'm trying to remember back um i was playing a lot of bloodborne at the time and sometimes i just check in and and play a little witcher and i just wanted to to progress so i skipped through a bunch of stuff but um but they they would lead you down certain paths and if you and you could screw up the relationships and that was like i remember i would skip a lot of dialogue like oh this dwarf at this um 
at this inn who runs this inn who's like pissed off at me like I need to fix our relationship so I can progress this storyline, progress this quest line and get this armor. And I would just skip through all the dialogue stuff. But I noticed that anytime I was talking to any of the women I was involved in, uh, in a relationship or something like that, I would read everything. And I wanted to like, I wanted to make sure I had the right responses. Like, how do I feel about this person? Where do I want our relationship to go? Like it, it's very engaging. And, um, I think it's another, and, and I've and I've heard the same thing from anyone who's played any of the, these games. Like everyone talks about that; it's a highlight. Um, and then, like reading about the romance novel sales, a billion dollars a year, over a billion dollars a year, a third of mass market books are romance novels that are sold every year, and people are gobbling this up. Like these are these are new numbers. Um, so the demand is there. Everybody wants that, that romance connection. Every like, um, it's getting into video games and when it does, like it shines. Um, so just as writers, I, I take from this, from, from learning about all this, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to specifically put romance in my mind when I'm writing characters because everybody's got love and loss. You know, and that is a that, that is a great way to um, pump up your characters and and make them more believable and make them more meaningful and make what's happening more uh, more meaningful. Um, um, to, another way to see a new side of them. I have a few games I've played <clears throat> that have incorporated it, and they do it pretty differently than the ones you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever played Harvest Moon? Harvest no. Moon is like a sort of like a farming simulator. It was like an old like Nintendo game, um, but it's like uh, it's like a Stardew Valley type thing, sort of, yeah. Uh, but like three D, uh -huh. and you you are this character in this world, and there's like three, I guess, like love interests that like throughout the game, you can just like you can court to varying degrees and then like end up marrying one of them. Mm. And like the, the marriage system is like, you have to like find the gnomes in the woods to give you like the ring. And like, you have to go through their like ceremony. That's awesome. But like, I, I, I don't know that I got that far in it, but I, what the experiences that I had, <laughs> there was one that was really impactful and sort of changed like the way I think about some things in life. And like, it was like, uh, I, I, at one point the, like the girl character that I was trying to, uh, end up with, I had this moment where like, I was about to go to her house, but like, as I was opening the door, this cutscene started and like, she walked out. And there was just this whole scene of like our characters going down to like the river and like just talking. And like, it was just like this, like really like magical moment that I didn't, wasn't expecting to happen, but I like screwed something up. Like there was some like moment in it that I like clicked through like the dialogue too fast. You and I set hit, your like, controller down and it swipes her with a sword. <laughs> I like, hit, Oh no. I think I hit no on some dialogue option that I wanted to say yes to. And I, and, so I, I turned off my game and I turned it Just back immediately. on and I turned it back on and I went up to her house and opened the door and there was no cutscene. Oh, and I restarted the game and I went up again 
and there was no cutscene. <laughs> and so like I looked it up and people were just like it's just random. Like you oh, can't, wow. can't control this happening. It's just like if it happens to you, it's lucky. It's an and Easter egg. It's like I mean, it was part of the game. Like it's not really an Easter egg. Like it just happens to you. You don't have to find it, but it's just like you I I lost it because I wanted to perfect it. Yeah. And it's like you only get to have experiences once. Mm. And mm. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like if if I had kept that file, like we would have I would have been closer to the character. Like saying the dialogue option wasn't like I screwed up everything. It was just like I didn't I wasn't at like I wasn't as what like whatever emo, insert emotion here as I wanted to be, but like the 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 moment happened and it could have stayed but i just couldn't uh yeah leave it leave it lying those yeah. consequences yeah dude so oh, like, man. i don't know like i think she about... asked you if you'll always be true and you're like no <laughs> <laughs> she just leaves you're like oh shit <laughs> i just think about that with experiences now because i do have a tendency to like oh yeah i can't hang out or do this thing like it'll be there tomorrow like it'll be there then like time is really precious and it's like that the chances that you have to connect with with loved ones and like to to be like out in the real world doing things like that is every every moment once it's written is written yeah and it's absolutely one of those grounding sort of memories that i go back to <laughs> concepts and like yeah you should just enjoy the moments that like don't question them just but just like be ready yeah a moment to come and just be just gracefully accept it mm -hmm. um, and be present for it yeah you know don't rush moments yeah that's, that you'll that's end up clicking through the dialogue options <laughs> too fast <laughs> um and then another one that i played uh the, the sometimes i see life like that someone's talking and then it and it's like in my head i just see my dialogue options i'm like eh, persuasion i don't know <laughs> Do you, just, you just click through all the parts of right guys where i'm talking <laughs> you're talking and, it, and i'm like like click 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 I, I, i'm just looking at my 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 options of responses <laughs> i was like i already know i'm gonna say this um no. the other game... i would never click through you just so <laughs> you know you. you're important to me okay i do click through you damn it yeah. <laughs> uh the other game is persona Ah, yes. Shane was telling me about that, and he said he loved it. Yeah, me and Shane have connected over that. We've texted about Persona. Um, yeah, I mean, like, what a lot of people don't tell you about the game is that it's just like a a dating simulator in disguise. Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, like it, it gives you every conceit to care about those things in the context of like your strength score and leveling up because increasing those relationships makes you stronger in the other parts of the game. That's so cool. And so like they, they incentivize it, but they, uh, I think they don't have to <laughs> like, they know, I, I think they know that there are people like me at least who are oh, yeah. doing the dungeon part to get back to the school part. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. But it's like the game is, is, um, every every day is counted like you have like a year of like time or something you might have more than that but you have a set certain number of days and every day everything you do takes up time mm. and 
you have only have so many stats to increase by doing things and like you have so many activities and so many like friends and like you're only going to be able to reach a certain relationship point with so many people and Mm. so you choose your time and your moments and like you build relationships with people and like a lot of them end up feeling really organic because like the they're just involved in like your uh your everyday interactions and then those get filtered into like certain crux points of like just the school trip that you go on where you have one one person who you've been closest with and then like there's like a bunch of scenes that happen with that person on the school Mm. and so like (laughs) which also incentivize a next playthrough because you're like okay yes yeah now i want to see what this person's like right um you know that that that, it makes me think how can i make time and the consequences of time more present in all my writing because any story Mm -hmm. that you're writing the the presence and consequences of time passing will make it more real and immersive, and that's I think that's that's something I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on on the kind of on the back of my mind while I'm approaching these next like our next like writing challenges. Just like see what I can do if I could add add a sprinkle of that. Mm. Um, well, it's like it's t- time being limited is almost an, an illusion and stuff. It's like what we want is tension. And it's like yes. limiting time does that. It's one of the things that can do that. But like what true. But tension is is the goal. And so like uh there are times when uh it doesn't necessarily have to have a finite limit in mind or have a scope of like time is running out as long as you have that tension hook in place mm. and mm-hmm. can create that. Yeah. It'd be interesting if to to make a game where there was a set amount of playtime allowed, mm-hmm. like an event was going to happen, and when you log in, the the timer clicks. Like, say you've got thirty hours. Yeah. Would you count? Um, pa- would you count the pause screen? Um, maybe. Because Majora's Mask pretty much does that, but minus the pause screen. Mm. And Outer Wilds does that minus the pause screen. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. It's happening. You know the the dating simulator thing is is a huge thing too. You know the there's that's a massive massive market and and demand out there. I mean they're everywhere, um, and it's all just romance writing. It's all relate and and like there's a ton of them that don't have anything to do with sex. Like it's just it's really about simulating connection with somebody else, and it's all done through writing. And that's like, it's, it's fascinating, you know, uh, I get, right. I, 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 especially like such a sword and board guy like me, like I love high fantasy. I want to get to the action. I want to get to the magic. I want to get to the, the beasts. I want to get to, you know, the, the, these, all this stuff. But, um, uh, but God, like a relationship can feel like a boss fight sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like victories that you have in a relationship and connecting with somebody can be absolutely, um, as meaningful, if not more meaningful than an achievement. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, can, like if you, as a writer can write on the page connection between two people, then 
you can hypothetically create connection with your audience member, I think, in a similar way. Mm-hmm. It's like if you understand how connection is made, then then you can make those connections. And so it's like in a way a very fundamental thing to storytelling, being able to draw connection between two people because mm-hmm. it's what a storyteller does when they sit down with someone. So, yeah, pretty pretty central idea to um, to all of it, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Romance. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Make some time for romance this week. Yes. Especially two days ago. Well or today. If it you know whatever it comes out. (laughs) Make it make just make time. Make time for romance. Make time, idiot. Make time in your story, you freaking guy. Um, so yeah, this, uh, let's dive straight into the challenges and, um, what was the challenge? So the challenge this week was, uh, the, a tale of two stories and the challenge was to write the same story as someone else from a different perspective. So you were encouraged to partner up with somebody and to, uh, each write the same, uh, the same story and then be submitting two stories that are from two character perspectives in that plot line. Yes. Um, and we uh, also featured our, uh, as we've talked about a couple of times already, um, the Discord server. Uh, and uh, we got on there and um, actually got a, got a lot of good interaction going on there, paired up into teams as we talked mm-hmm. about. And uh, now we're going to get to see a little bit of that fruit. Mm-hmm. All right. So who are we starting with? Okay, so we have one from uh, Anna and Tim, I believe. Anna! Yes. Right guy's legend. Right, right guy's veteran. <laughs> um, let me pull this up. Okay. Uh, yes, that is Anna and Tim. Okay. All right. <clears throat> This first uh, one is called Father, and this is by Tim. I awaken with lurching breath and the sound of death rattling up my throat. Trembling violently, I reach out into the bleary void, searching for something solid to anchor myself to. A warmth envelops my wrist, anchoring me. I feel something stroke up and down my inner forearm. It's a familiar, measured pace, tugging at the sands of dusty memory. Oh, the dream cadence the banisher of nightmare. Relief washes over me. Febrile tears creep over the room about my eyes. Esperoth, my boy, my son. I try to utter a word. I try to mutter a word, but my breath is whisked away by zephyr winds in the desert of my throat. I want to read that line again. I try to mutter a word, but my breath is whisked away by zephyr winds in the desert of my throat. My tongue cleaves to the roof of my mouth like a newborn to its mother. A wheezing cough shudders through me. Breathing has become a full-body exercise. My lungs bellows to a wildfire. The world within me is burning. I am returning to ash. The boy holds my hand, rubs something cool and moist on my forehead. I hear semblances of sound, but the revolt inside me tears apart the tones and dulls the the fricatives. I do not understand. I try to speak, but all is in rebellion. I gasp like a fish. Pitiful. It wasn't supposed to happen like this. Not now. There was too much left unsaid. 
and now no way to say it. I strain my tongue, peel it back from my teeth, will the words through my throat, collapse into shiverous coughing. My head lolls. I am a stringless marionette. My lungs fill with fluid as I drown in words. Esperoth, I have failed you as a father. I have chided and commanded and given nothing but re rebuke in return. You have made my heart well with pride, but its overflow never crested my tongue. I damned it, demanding more, because you ever exceeded expectations. You surpassed me a dozen times over. I feared a balmy word might put out the fires of your heart. What a foolish thought. I remember the night the dream cadence died. Night after night you have been chased by dragons and ambushed by Skrala. The great enemies of our people hounded you. I would wake each night to your screaming and calm you with the cadence. Then one night you shook me awake. Dad, Dad, I did it, I did it. What? I stopped running. I stood and faced them, Dad. Zwip, zip. An imaginary sword whirled through the air. I cut them all down. You need the dream cadence no more. Now you hunted nightmares. I didn't even say I was proud of you. I just told you to go back to bed and get some sleep. The abyss claws at me. My heart falters. I don't remember the last time I said I love you. I strain. I yearn, coaxing my dying declaration into the air. My mouth froths over with their excretion. Burbles in blood-flecked phlegm. I perish. The words entombed in ruby red foam. <sighs> wow. Alright. And then we have oh, this, the sun. The words entombed <laughs> oh, in ruby yeah, should we, red foam. Alright, should we should we talk about them individually or should we read both and then discuss it? Uh I, I think we need to talk about them immediately. Okay. Uh so like Yeah. I love this imagery. It's so good, dude. Like I I think that the one paragraph that they wrote is like the the most like vivid description that I've heard of like the inside of a dying human body. Uh -huh. It's like I try to mutter a word, but my breath is whisked away by zephyr winds in the desert of my throat. My tongue cleaves to the roof of my mouth like a newborn to its mother. A wheezing cough shudders through me. Breathing has become a full body exercise. My lungs bellows to a wildfire. The world within me is burning. I am returning to ash. Good God, that is it's that is so rich. Good. That I'm is very honest. That is like that you wrote oh this my. in your right guy submission, Tim. Yes, Tim. Thank you. That is oh man, that's beautiful. And yeah, it's it's haunting and God it puts you there like every little every little step of it is like it it's like it hurts yeah oh we've man. gotten yeah we've gotten a lot of really good submissions this is like one of my favorite yeah this one is really really good yeah that's great okay um, yeah. so so in so he is basically there's there's this dream what's it called the dream cadence. The dream cadence. And it kind of sounds like Esperoth is his son. Mm -hmm. And he is teaching him basically how to fight nightmares. Or he has in the past at some point. He, right. He taught him to do this. But it, now he's... Well, I don't want to say too much about it because okay. you I'm just, maybe I'm just, more I'm just, revealed from the other perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking like what do we know right, right. now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I, I'm trying okay. to separate it in my head, but I, but I just read is, both of them recently. So it sounds like so it sounds like to me this this dream cadence is a thing. Um, it's like a practice, um, maybe ancient tradition, or maybe these are maybe like a like a household uh, boon or something like that uh, that they can do. He's taught his son, but now he's like on his deathbed and thinking of all the things he wished he had told his son when, mm-hmm. uh, as his son takes care of him and he just can't, but he's, he's fighting his body to try to, and it's just, yeah. okay. Okay. All right. Part two. Then we have the son's perspective, Esperoth. Father, father. I shout as my feet slam into the familiar mud of my home village. My heart pounds as though the news will burst out of it. I did it. I faced the dragons and Skrala. I slew them all. It was my father's own courage and resolution that gave me the strength to do it. Without his example, quietly defending me from the enemies of our people, comforting me with the dream cadence, I could never have found it in me to heft my great sword and fight. I owe it all to him. My skinny adolescent shoulders still ache from the effort, but it is the proud ache of accomplishment. I don't hear father's voice. I knew he was sick when I left on my quest, and since we lost mother to the dragon raid three summers ago, he has had none but to take care of him. he has had none but me to take care of him. With me gone these two weeks, I fear things have taken a turn for the worse. A hacking cough emanating from father's room confirms my suspicion. I push the bedroom door wide open. Father lies buried under twisted mounded covers. His skin is yellowed, his eyes reddened, and he wheezes. Pity seizes my heart. I approach him, grip his arm. I concentrate and summon the dream cadence, the bringer of comfort. The least I can do to repay all the nights when I was afraid and trembling from the frightful visages of Skrala when he summoned it to calm me into sleep, relief from terror. Dream cadence to restore my strength. Dad, Dad, I did it, I did it, I shout. I cut them all down. I pretend to swing a sword through the air, hoping this display of theatrics will make him laugh something to make father forget his pain. He only stares at me, and his watery eyes grow wetter. Father wheezes again, coughing blood. I wipe his mouth with my sleeve. He looks up at me pleadingly, as if he wants to tell me something. What? That he is proud of me? This I already know, father. This, the fight, this was what you raised me for. You wanted more, more, more from me, and I have given you your demands. You only prepared for me for a dark and bitter world that requires as much bravery as I can muster, and then more. Or that you love me. What is the dream cadence but the essence of love unspoken? You didn't have to say it. As I grew to manhood, I learned to know what you meant all along. Father. Father's mouth foams and my heart sinks, but now is not the time for tears but action. Father, you taught me this. I close my eyes and summon the dream cadence once more. Now I understand what you mean. Pass in peace. I will fight on for you, Father, always. Man, what a beautiful story. Yeah, very cool. Perfect one to to tie it all together and bring it home. Yeah. It it all, yeah. It's, Absolutely. Well done, Anna and Tim. Y'all yeah, really, really cool. created a, a vivid world and uh, that I want to know more about. I want to know about this dream cadence. I want to know like what Scrawla look like. Yeah, I want to know like 
it's oh. it's such an interesting little like story and world because there's this like scene of the kid running up and pretending to swing a sword through the air. I love but that. In the in like the dad's memory, like this is happening like a long time ago, like when he's like a little boy and it's like he's putting him back to bed after like a nightmare. Uh-huh. And then like he's doing it again as an adult or it's like I don't know. It's like the the dad's on his deathbed. I feel like his like, like memories are blurring with reality. Yeah, and it's like it's both. Like he's in a place between time. Yeah, like seeing his son then and now, and maybe the dream cadence has something to do with that. Like putting you in like visions of the past that are like comforting to you. Like seeing yeah, your son do that. Yeah, like it, it says like he he whipped his sword around like he used to do as a kid to try to make him. In, in hopes to bring a smile to his face or something. Mm-hmm. But when the dad sees it for the first time, it's it, like it, it is as a boy is doing it. Like it's like, mm-hmm. I like, like those fever dreams of like near death. Yeah. Um, just blending together. Yeah. And, that. and like, and, and every wheeze, you know, you know what the father's trying to, what the father's thinking and what he's trying to do. But yeah. you know how much pain is going on, him trying to get these out. Mm-hmm. And the boy's like, another wheeze, you know, are you trying to speak? And like the, the dad's eyes just water. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, that is that is wonderful. Yeah, it's a cool story to see. I mean, like initially when, when, when I started thinking about the prompt of different character perspectives, that you start thinking about scenarios that like th- that have interesting things that are hidden behind the perspectives you know yeah are like that make it more than just watching two characters in the same room and having having one of them not be able to talk because he can't summon up the words to speak on his deathbed it's like it's all internal and so you you do have this like backdrop of of information that isn't being shared between the perspectives that then makes it a, a really interesting kind of plot device Man, I really wish we could. Uh, I wish we had them on right now, and we could we we could be like, okay, so tell us what ideas happened first, like when y'all were outlining this, and you're like, okay, so let's who came up with dream cadence, and what is that? Is that I wonder if that's like an idea one of them had from a past story or a story they're developing, or one that they wanted to, or if this was just totally a pro- a product of spitballing. Mm-hmm. Um. But either way, it's fascinating and done so well. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, if uh, Tim and and Anna, I would love to to see you guys on the Discord. Um, talk about this. That would be awesome. Uh, if, yeah, let's uh, jump if, in if, the the channel. There's a whole uh, channel dedicated to the challenges thread for yeah for just celebrating challenge entries and talking about our challenges. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to meet you guys in there and, and talk about this and get a little interview <clears throat> all right um so i will share mine next uh i and josiah um wrote a story together and i gotta say uh this was such a wonderful experience and um and we had a blast we talked we literally talked every day um our, our, our DM thread is like super long. Um, but, uh, what we came up with, we both were just like super jazzed about, and then like have talked multiple times about, it. I was like, it's like, I got to finish this story. Like, I got to know where my character goes next. And it's like, yeah, I got to write a backstory to mine, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
But uh, let me pull it up here. And it is right here. Oh, nope. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Okay. Here we go. The Chief's Hunt, part one by Josiah. Melek. Melek came to rest against a willow overlooking a stream. Unlike its surroundings, this tree had plum pigmented leaves. He was eager to get this hunt along. Power was within his grasp, and soon he would wield it. Melek dove into a pocket. His hand brushed against strips of jerky. He noted, he noted little remained for the return journey. Withdrawing a single strip, he severed the, the sliver down the middle. He tossed half in his mouth. The other, as if rehearsed, leaf swooped down from the sky and relieved him of. Find the asylum? What about the troll? By Leaf's silence, Melek assumed failure. Hmm. I wonder where he is. Did he turn back? Surely rogues are cowardly, but I thought of Zuzu to be a greater standing uh, compared to his peers. Melek felt a tickle. He looked down and found a vine crawling into his pocket, looking for jerky. Melek leapt away and gained a bit of distance. He turned back out of curiosity and noticed an odd placement of salmon pigmentation in the bark. The vine pursued him. Leaf! There! Melek pointed. He withdrew his dagger and sliced a vine that, that sought his throat. The severed vine fell to the earth. Within a blink, the segment dissolved into nothing. The silum screeched and all color faded. When Melek's vision returned from monotone, he spotted Leaf, who had taken to the sky. The silum pursued, now having taken the form of one of the ancient winged serpents of old. Good. Keep that thing distracted. Melek set a brass cage on the ground. The elders wanted this demon slain, but why slay such a potential asset? Melek whirled his bow around, assured his hold, and spoke an arrow into existence. The tip of the arrow swirled with matter that Melek knew not of its origin. Static tickled the arrow's tip, and Melek felt a numbness as a result. The irritation was manageable and not too distracting. He caught a glimpse of the odd coloration underneath the scale and drew back the bowstring. Melek need not worry about gravity. This type of arrow broke silly rules like those. Melek released his shot. Something stung his thigh. Melek brushed his hand, hand against himself, and whatever it was fled. A tingle lingered as, as he watched the, the asylum collapse to the ground. The worst was over now. Now Melek had to decide what to tell the elders of Ikshaw. What proof could he provide that would abet his ruse? Melek could not bring himself to enact what the elders asked of him. True power lay within this creature, and who knew what greatness could be achieved if given the chance to study, perhaps even tame them? Melek shoved the paralyzed, unshapen blob into the cage. He called for Leaf, but all he but all he admitted was pathetic were, were pathetic manipulations of breath. His vision pulsed, and Melek leaned forward, bracing bracing himself on the cage. His brain became idle. He collapsed, witless and withered. Melek faded. Very nice. All right. Yeah, it's really it's cool. Part one. So they, you, like, like you you mentioned this being a project that that um, you and specifically Josiah, I guess, really dove headfirst into, like up front, like just getting a ton of stuff out there, and you can tell like there's so much beneath the surface. Oh yeah, it's one of those. 
So his his initial draft, like he was so we, we were talking about how like we hopped into these these groups like fully expecting to be like the leader of it, and then like it just took off. <laughs> like oh crap, uh, he he took it and started running with it. He had his first draft done. It was two thousand words. Uh, after the like by the morning of the next day, after we decided exactly like what our story was going to be. And he was like, and so I woke up the next day. I was like, dude, I think I got my first draft. I think I got the, my, my, uh, my story finished. And I was like, oh my God. And it was so rich. And I was like, oh man, we, we can, we can work with this. And then I had to break the news to him that it had to be 500 <laughs> words. And he was like, I have to trim 1500 words, <laughs> but he was a champ. He did it. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's great. It's one of those things in storytelling. Like, it's nice to have things underneath the surface. Like, like I, it could definitely be str- like getting something from two thousand words down to five hundred words. That's just like, you, that's like you you got it. You're just gonna be making some cuts as to what the story is at that point. Yeah. But it's like uh, the fact that you have this this bed of context that isn't seen to the reader. Anything that's behind the curtain is like adds to the mystique. Yes. And like it's everything that, everything you have up your sleeve in your armory that you don't show, it's like the presence of those things are felt. The fact that you have things up your sleeve is felt. The mm-hmm. the, the the difference is people don't know exactly what the answers are. But but it's it, you can always tell when when just other things are coming up, you know, other characters names are like other like um references to like locations or objects that and it they're, they're it's woven in just like throughout like the and, yes and it's it's even like things we were talking about with the last story like the dream cadence and like the asylum like they're just being things in this world that are totally unique to the world right mm-hmm. uh the like like those building that depth of your story and just even if even if it's just for you you will write and be inspired off of that in those in in hints and little breadcrumbs of that that loaf of lore will sprinkle throughout your project and and just bring new life and color it, it like ultimately resulting in something more immersive and something that keeps you coming back and wanting to know more about this mm-hmm. um the speaking the arrow into existence was great <laughs> yes um that was uh that was that, that was really cool he uh he was like we we kind of decided or well i'll tell you in a sec um but you want to do okay. yours yeah yeah all right so part two um this was mine part two zuzu thunk my my gotta hand it to them doors they know their way around the blade don't they flicker Zuzu peered down, his needle-like dagger pinning some poor thing to a log. He appraised the cozy branch he lounged on and the thirty-something feet down to his kill. He'd just gotten settled. The sun about to rise in a distant stream babbling him to peace. He could pass out right now. But he was hungry. Plus, his kill and blade contradicted his efforts of stealth, so he sighed. If only you could fetch like that greenskin's whelp, eh, Flicker? He rolled off the branch, lazily flipping in the air and landing crouched over his dinner. As he reached for his blade, he paused. Hey, wait a minute. A flash of brilliance hit. He surveyed his accoutrements and stopped on his rope bracers. 
A tusky grin broke his sneer. This could do. He unwrapped one, pilfered a string from the braid, and looped it through the eye of Flicker's hilt. After pacing back, he gave the string a tug. It launched at him with speed, and he caught it inches from his eye. Whoa, there, Flicker! Zuzu laughed, dangle, dangling the dagger in front of, uh, of him, admiring his genius. This right here? This why they chose you, Zuzu. Getting Flicker to return made possibilities whirl through his head. He tucked the stringed blade in his boot, snagged his kill, rewrapped his wrist, and returned to the treetops to eat and sleep. Tomorrow held the potential to bring much-needed change to the lives of he and his people. A screech jolted Zuzu awake. Tusk of Baji, what the? Zuzu peered through the canopy and couldn't believe his eyes. A wind serpent? He'd only heard stories of them. Ancient terrors. It was battling something. That pesky whelp! The asylum! He's on it! The troll leaped from, the, from his branch, swinging and flipping from tree to tree. He couldn't lose this challenge. His people had suffered green law long enough. He had to be chief. Zuzu came to perch on a willow near the fight. The orc already aiming his bow. Some sort of flashing arrow knocked. Zuzu grimaced. That hunter don't miss. He paused. Another flash of brilliance. Dark, dark brilliance. His hand slid to his boot and found the string. But neither do you, eh, Flicker? His other hand fished a vial from his pouch. You're going to need help, though. He's a big boy. He dripped, the tincture, uh, he dripped a tincture on the blade that smoked and hissed. With a whip of his wrist, Flicker took flight and bit the orc's thigh. With a tug of the string, Flicker returned. Ha! The hunter loosed. The serpent fell, bubbling into pinkish ooze. His rival caged his rightful trophy and staggered, then slumped over, confused and li lifeless. Zuzu dropped from his branch and retrieved the trapped asylum. Sorry, chief. We need this more than you. He started back to Iksha. Zuzu had a throne to claim. That's awesome. <laughs> Zuzu, the troll rogue. Yeah. So... So they know Zuzu, the first per like they know each other. Yeah. So yeah. okay, yeah. So the um, oh, this, this is, is so exactly cool. this it's is exactly. Awesome. <laughs> so the 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 overarching tale that we came up with, the story that we came up with that we wanted to tell was, um, basically these this city of trolls and orcs mm -hmm. have come to live together. Right. And the way that their democracy works is um yeah, uh, wait, I think I get it. Okay, okay. They they so the um green law is like if the orcs are in charge then they would call that green law and they have like their society is run by they have this hunt called the chief's hunt where they send out their like best fighter and whoever is able to successfully bring down the serpent becomes the chief. And so this troll has a chip on his shoulder because they've been under orc law for a long time. That orc wants to keep it that way. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. I'm so glad you got it. And it was fun too because we, uh, so we were like, okay, so what are we hunting? And he had just gotten done, like in, in this, in the same, uh, the same conversation, he had just gotten done playing Pokemon with his kids. And we were, we talked about Pokemon for a little bit. And I was like, what if oh okay so we, we were tossing out ideas of things that we could be hunting and i was like 
And he was like, man, I'm kind of drawing a blank. And I was like, okay, I'm going to rapid fire some stuff. And I was like, I was like acid snake or giant acid snake, um, freaking uh, shapeshifter, uh, minotaur, uh, freaking, you know, like I, I just, I just, I just rattled off some things and he was like, Ooh, shapeshifter sounds cool. So does giant acid snake. I was like, yeah. Um, and then I was like, Hey, what if we, what if we fought a ditto? But like we, we horror fantasy did a Pokemon. And so we looked up these pictures of like that people have done like realistic Pokemons and the ditto <laughs> one is like disgusting. Yeah. And so sure. that's what we used as like, and then he came up with the idea. He was like, he was like, Hey, what if we called it like a limb? Like it's a psychic limbs, you know, like it, it can, it turns its, I was like, dude, I love it. That's it. And, uh, and so as we were, as we were both thinking about it, we were in our minds, we were like, he's fighting a poke. He's fighting a ditto. He's fighting a mm -hmm. ditto. And then it was like, okay, so what do you want to be? And I was like, I want to be a troll. And he was like, cool. I'm going to be an orc. He's actually writing a story about orcs right now. And he's like, dude, I'm totally in the orc mindset. I want to do this. Or you say an orc brain, like to write a human would just be difficult. <laughs> yeah, he can't click out. And then I'm kind of, I guess I am a troll. Uh, but <laughs> but he, uh, I actually, in Divinity, I, I'm running a rogue. And so I was like, oh, I want to be a rogue. Mm -hmm. Like all I need is my knife. Um, and Don't you flicker. Hey, neither do you. Do you flicker? <laughs> Dude, it's really good that his whole like voice and vibe is awesome thanks thanks i when i was uh researching some i totally forgot that 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 um uh, trolls typically have like this voodoo background mm. and i was like oh man he's inside so I, I the first thing i wrote on this was gotta hand it to them dwarves they know their way around the blade <laughs> and i was talking like him the whole time when i was writing it but um then we we're like, okay, so, um, what? Like, we were trying to decide our characters, like, like what, what they would be. And I was like, well, let's just go off of like D and D roles, um, you know, like, like, like typical fantasy roles. Like, you got your rogue, wizard, mage, or rogue, mage, ranger, or hunter, fighter, you know, whatever, cleric. And he was like, okay, I want to be a, he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to be a hunter. And then he was like, Ooh, wait, I want to be like a hunter mage. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I did, I had no idea how that was going to show up. He was like, yeah, I've got some, my, my, my mind's racing on that. And I was like, I was like, yeah, run with it. I'm going to, I'm going to be straight troll rogue. Um, and he was like, okay, so what's your weapon? And I was like, I was like knife. And then I was like, Ooh, but it's got a string on it. So I can like, return it to my hand and he was like oh that's cool okay so whenever he sent me that uh his original his original um draft uh when he's battling the silent the asylum um he keeps getting like bit by something mm -hmm. and he keeps like it's like it hits his thigh and he like and he, he swat he, he 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 swats and there's nothing there and then like and then like he gets bit in the back and he kind of like scratches and there's nothing there and i'm reading this and just imagining my character in the it like like in the treetop like ha and then pulling it back and ha and and just tacking him with poison um so that was just really cool to see you know like yeah. it, it, it's cool like we designed we came up with our separate characters and then 
getting to watch the other person run with it, they kind of brought that your own character to life. Um, and so I don't know, it was just, it was just so fun. And, it, yeah. and, um, like an, honestly, a, a joy of an experience. Great job, Josiah. You're awesome, yeah. dude. Um, yes, I had a great time with my group as well. They were all very cool people. Well, both, both very cool people. Yes. And, uh, we... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how this like three, uh, yeah. three partner, three part thing turned out. Yes. Uh, so I have it up. It's it's uh, just called Untitled Document. It, it's not the one that says Ben's group. <laughs> that is they're out of order. I reordered them. <laughs> okay. But it's untitled. Um, okay. Starts with Rex. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> this is mine. This first okay. one. The king could always sense intruders well before they came. He'd lay his plans and pace his halls and sharpen every blade. He'd look out from the windows. He'd growl foul schemes and count up everything of value they might try to seize. His royal guard collect him as the raiders pound the gates and stow him to the dungeons where they promise he'll be safe and lock him in a cage. He prays he hasn't been betrayed. He prays they leave his home unscathed. Powerless, hours pass. The king grinds his ivory. Clink, stomp, crash, cackle. The jubilation of the intruders boils in maddening continuity. There had to be some way that he could get free. The king spits and screams, and suddenly he hears a creak. Through the dark, some creature creeps. One of the invaders plums the deep. They'd found the king now. What would they do? Would this day mark the end of his rule? Would his execution be swift, or would it be cruel? The intruder sloshes water in a bowl and unlatches the gate. What game is he playing? He runs to the corner. He watches and waits. This must be a trap, and the bowl is the bait. He's hoping the king will be thirsty and drink. The king steps out and takes a sip, one eye cast back, vigilant. Sure enough, the cur draws near and grabs the king's ear, and that will be his last dishonor. The king spins knocks the intruder on his back and brandishes his knives. Only now does he realize, with the intruder prone and whimpering, just how young and weak he is. Pity it has to end like this. Crash, and in a flash, the king has someone on his back before he has a chance to see. The world is turned to black. Mm. <clears throat> and so, a poem, no less. Yeah. We could we could talk about that separately, or I could just run through and, and whatever you think is best. I, I I would just go, keep going through. Okay, because you've got that imagery fresh in your mind. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Interior middle class house day. We see a plastic fork picking at a half eaten piece of vanilla birthday cake. Tilt up to reveal River Seven with unkempt red hair, wearing clothes that look like they came from the local Goodwill. River's eyes wander the room. River is surrounded by a table of other elementary kids laughing, climbing on each other, and playing with their food. Among them is Billy, eight years old. Billy wears a gold crown, a baseball jersey that still has the tag on it, and some freshly inflated soccer boppers. Billy's mom, 30s, a classic soccer mom, enters through the back door. Billy's mom, speaking over the loud kids, 
Okay, okay, the games are here. As soon as you finish your cake, come outside and we're going to play some games. Billy howls and throws off his boppers. The kids immediately drop their cake and run out the back door. The remaining parents collect themselves. River trails the other kids to the back door before stopping. He turns to Billy's mom. River, politely. May I use the restroom? Billy's mom. Oh, sure. She points. Last door down the hallway. Hallway. River makes his way toward the bathroom. Parent one. Whose kid is that? Parent two. I don't know. Parent three. I think he's new. River enters the bathroom door. Hallway. Later. River exits the bathroom, wiping his hands on his shirt. He looks outside a nearby window. He sees the kids playing outside. A parent is standing on a chair, trying to hang up the pinata. Billy takes some practice swings with his wooden stick. River leaves the window and moves down the hallway. He hears a whine echo through a door. Basement. River creaks down a set of wooden steps toward a flickering white light. The whine grows louder. River steps onto the basement floor. The basement is filled with neglected old tools. A rusty wood saw. A pile of pliers. The howling streams from an old crate sitting at the edge of the stairwell's shadow. River approaches to see Rex. Rex's jaw peeks out from the shadows. Drool seeps down his face as he cries out. River sees an empty water and food bowl. He grabs the water bowl, climbs up to a sink, fills it with water, sets it down. He unlatches Rex's crate and runs to the other side of the room. Rex's door slides open. A paw steps out, then another as he makes his way across the bitter room. Rex goes in on the water bowl. River smiles. He moves in from the far side of the room toward Rex and his feast. River lifts his hand. Rex sloshes in the water. River's hand comes down to Rex's ear. Rex snaps at River with his bubbling white teeth. River's eyes widen as he falls backwards. Rex growls. Oh, damn. All right. So we get it cut off there. Mm-hmm. And then, if you don't mind me going through all of them in a row. Okay, yeah, let's right, go. To Crestley's perspective. <clears throat> so that was uh, Nathan's there. Um, and this okay. is, this is uh, this next one was Perry, my brother. Okay. He better not bark. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. He better not bark, thought Cressley, bolting the crate. Good boy, Rex. Quiet. Tiptoeing away, Cressley maneuvered up his basement switchback staircase. He instinctively avoided the creaky steps. Opening the basement door to the hallway, the sounds of the party washed over him. I'm sure Billy's having a great time already. Outside, the other adults were standing around chatting. One of the dads was on a chair, hanging the pinata. Cressley noticed Billy coming up behind the man. Yellow paper crowned, stick in hand, eyeing the candy cocoon. He's going to have to tie that off, thought Cressley. Sure enough, Billy started wailing on the pinata. The man was caught off balance, his foot (laughs) slipping to the edge of the chair. Cressley held his breath. The pinata rope. Just hold on to the rope. The man tottered on the chair, looking like a drunk. Like a drunk woman, shouting into her phone, pacing too close to the edge of a metro platform. Cressley's thoughts were interrupted by a cry. Billy, what the hell? Stop that! It was his wife, Dottie. Billy turned, guffawing, and scampered off. Dottie walked over to Cressley. She crossed her arms. Kill you to step in once in a while? Cressley shrugged. Didn't seem like it was going bad. He offered. Fine, snapped Dottie. Well, go inside and clean up a bit. Just throw away any cake left out. Inside was a mess. Cressley meandered, picking up a few plates of cake, empty soda cans. He tossed them into a bag. His ears perked to a hushed conversation in the other room. Yeah, 
the kid's dad, just last year. Jesus. I just heard about I heard about it on the news, but I thought I thought but I thought I didn't hear the that someone tried to save her. No, that's the thing. He just stood there. The conversation went on, but Cressley had noticed another sound, creaking from the basement steps, and Rex's low whine. Cressley went to the basement door. He opened it slowly and crept down the stairs, skipping the creaky ones. From the staircase, Cressley saw a red-haired boy lower a sloshing bowl of water from the sink to the floor by Rex's crate. Does he feel bad for Rex? The boy opened the latch, then sprinted to the back of the room. Just to give him some water? I wonder how he'll get Rex back in. As the dog drank, the boy inched forwards, the woman on the platform moving closer, approaching the edge, and then suddenly... The boy reached out, and Rex lunged. The boy sprawled backward, and Rex growled, advancing. The boy's mouth worked soundlessly. Rex howled, with a sound like an oncoming train. The boy looked around desperately, and his eyes locked onto Cressley's, just like the woman had right before. And Cressley was running. He was down the stairs and across the room before he could think, throwing the trash bag over the dog's head like a net. He grappled Rex back into the crate, slamming shut the bolt. Dang. Heavy Deep perspectives. Dang. That, that that whole story changed three times. Yeah. Of all the same story. That is awesome. Yeah, I thought it was cool how it how it kind of like ended up being able to order them in a way that like it reveals new things every time. And like yeah. you're constantly are kind of the, the, it feels like the perspective like widens. Yes. Right, because like you start with the dog, it gets deeper and deeper. It has no ability to think through the actual scenarios that are going on, so it's just all metaphor. Mm -hmm. And so, you don't exactly know what's going on. Oh man! And then the kid's perspective like widens that out to like you just get to see this narrow like one experience of someone who doesn't understand this environment at all. Mm -hmm. And then with Cressley. You get obviously a whole adult perspective with a history and a context of its own. It's learned lessons. Yeah, and dude, the the it, it's so cool. Like, there's so much depth going on at this party. Um, but I mean, that's 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 exactly how how life is. You know, like like whenever you're in a room with other people, everybody has their their own stories going on, and mm-hmm. this definitely this. Y'all did such a good job of like of choosing completely different perspectives. Uh and and it really feels like three different worlds happening at once. Mm-hmm. And and it's this kid's birthday party. Yeah. I, I thought it was cool how like the perspectives kind of ended up matching like the forms. Like the the poem. It's all very like uh like poems are obviously not very literal. And mm-hmm. so, like, for a dog's perspective, be kind of muddled, like, the choppy things, like, the, the logic's not complete. Yeah, um, powerless. Hours pass. The kid has, like, a totally visual, like, sensory experience of the world, like a TV, like a like a movie. So, it's written as a script. Oh, and, like, nice. the, the kid's, the kid is, like, he's, you're not getting an internal, like, with, with Crestley, you know, it's an adult with a whole internal world of, like, a history of things that have happened to him before. And so, like, it's told in like a, a written like prose form yes. where you then can hear his thoughts. Yes. You can like hear like you, you get like the context of the story. You get to like hear about other characters. 
Yeah. Whereas the kids oh, is more man. like narrowed in and like focused. How cool. Y'all went y'all went uh above and beyond with the with like with like do not only writing from three different perspectives, but writing in three different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they to, were they were like very- inspired off of what the what the character is. That's that's really, really cool. This yeah, is everyone awesome. in the group had great ideas and and everyone like I said at the beginning how it was a really easy group to work with and this is contrasting you know my whole thing about really not enjoying collaboration all the time and it's like I um I everyone was into everyone's ideas nobody was like no like it was just like we we were just able to uh get it was a very efficient process where we were just like sending out the thoughts that we had or putting them in the outline and pretty much everyone was just running with whatever everyone else was coming up with. So cool. Yeah. So tell me like, give me like kind of a play by play of how the story took form. Yeah. Yeah, Like, like, like what was the initial structure that y'all were like, okay, I'm going to start running with this. Yeah. I, I, I had the idea of like wanting to do an adult and a kid or or no i was i had yeah i wanted to do an adult and a kid um witnessing a a, a dog like attacking a kid but uh, but like my idea was that it would be um like just to show how different the perspectives are like for the kid this is like a horror scene and for the adult it's like a comedy scene or something mm. where it's like you know it's just funny because like the like the dog's not actually dangerous it's like a chihuahua or something but yeah in the kids world it's like a hellscape so like that was just me like spitballing trying to come up with um a general way that like that like we could be showing different perspectives you know just like something to think about and then like i said everyone in the group just wanted to run with with and so we like i threw out that idea and then it was just like let's just you know just jazz that up and make that like an interesting story and so everyone just had their own like input of what they, and so it started with Nathan. He wrote his part first and that really determined the shape of like the setting of like, yeah. this is definitely going to be in the bait, like mostly in the basement and like, and, um, and he, so like, he, he kind of determined the A to B. Right. And, and then Perry did the, um, like on top of that, he was working around like, like, uh, like all the all the things that Nathan had mentioned at the party, like someone hanging the pinata, Perry knew he wanted to establish this character who had um, this history of of not not stepping in when he's witnessing um, something bad happening. So, like setting up an example of the pinata, like him him going out and seeing someone hanging the pinata, and he's like, he's gonna have to tie that off, and then it, the kid hits it and it falls, and he's like, yep, you should have tied that off. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so it's just it, so like then yeah so you, then you saw Perry uh, working within those confines and like um, making like the story like like breathing life into it from a new angle yeah and, then, um, and he what did I it wanted like, to like do like a trauma you know, like it's like a trauma inspired mm-hmm. and yeah. hearing that and then watching yeah after watching him like watch a couple things and then watching him be like be like that kid's gonna get bit oh. There he goes. Yep. <laughs> like, man, he that does is... help the kid. Yeah, and he, and he does. He broke his yeah. cycle. Yeah, and then and then after those two had been written, um, I knew that like I wanted to 
basically make it as different as possible like like try to shroud the perspective as much as possible so that it would be almost unrecognizable uh and so i tried to like keep a consistent kind of metaphor and voice that the dog's name i had decided was rex before he had started which means king yep and so in his world he's like the king and and as i was started writing it i was like thinking about dog dog internal worlds because i see i think dogs really don't think of themselves as kings you know dogs are like so subservient a lot of the time and so kind but at the same time when you do have a dog that's like sort of like gone bad with like getting a sense of alpha energy I think mm-hmm. that's exactly probably the, like the kind of like internal monologue that you might be hearing. That so is it's like so I, cool. as, I, as I was thinking about it, I was just like, yeah, let's really get into the mindset of a dog that thinks it's the king. And it's like, what's, yeah. it's, what does it think when it gets locked up in its basement? It's like, oh, it's like for my protection. Like and it he- but it hears all this stuff going on in the in its kingdom, and it's like, what's going on out there? Yeah, it's like, why aren't my guards <laughs> doing anything? <laughs> yes, is that is that how you feel? Reshi is thinking about the the kingdom, his his <laughs> kingdom. He he never gets locked up anywhere. He is free reign, <laughs> <laughs> a true king. Yes, he, he has no enemies. Yeah, no I mean, I yeah, I, I I hope he doesn't think of himself in the in the king the kingly way i feel like that is a dangerous uh, dog thought yeah yeah oh man i love i think y'all ordered it perfectly as well um allowing uh rex to come in first i was like i was like okay we are in a castle um he is in the stronghold yeah i wanted to ask were you fooled yeah like how i absolutely was yeah so and then and then whenever it went to uh when it when it went to the kid uh-huh. i was like and it talked about like uh the the king wearing or like one of the kids was wearing a crown yeah. i was like i was like okay so the the king is is one of the is the birthday boy who thinks this is all about him and i was like kind of thinking i was like i was like the what's up with this ball what's up with and was it when's he gonna get attacked and and then i was like okay so and then when whenever i saw rex mentioned or or it said something about the basement and i was like oh he's the dog and then uh cressley's perspective added this whole layer of like heaviness you know like it was like it was like both those were like were like fun like fantasy to fun to heavy and then like but they're all the same story Mm -hmm. it was so cool well done y'all I gotta say, I gotta, give, I gotta give props to grinds his ivories. Loved that. Thanks. Absolutely love that. And I love guffaw. <laughs> uh, is that an onomatopoeia? It sounds like it. It could, because you're like, Gah. yeah. <laughs> it, I just love it because every time I say it's like, every time I hear it, it's like so so guffawed and walked off, and I just, you can just see it, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um the the other line that you mentioned oh the king grinds his ivory yeah well that actually is like his bone like like the dog has a, oh has, I, thought, I thought he was i thought he was like grinding his teeth yeah that's like what you're supposed to think <laughs> that's great oh man how fun well that was that was a delight what a 
What a great time. Yeah. The dude. collaborations. I can't wait to have the, the collaboration come back around. Yeah. I mean, like this is like, like we keep saying all of our challenges are going to become modifiers. And so, um, mm-hmm. this, this will be a modifier, you know, some like collaboration. And so, mm-hmm. or maybe perspective warping something to do with that. So, um, yeah, like you'll, you'll, we'll definitely be seeing more collaborative things in the future. Uh, this next week is not a collaborative one. Mm-mm. Next challenge is simple. It is to write something romantic. Yep. We're going to write something romantic. It can be a story. It can be a poem. It can be any level of romance. It could be a date. It could be a sex scene. It could be like, this is, this is open. This is, this is to try to stretch you and no judgment zone. Um, but, uh, it could be a song, just something romantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a modifier. Mm. Uh-huh. What's that? We're throwing a sideboard on this bad boy. Hmm. Meaning there's certain words you're not going to be allowed to use. That's right. If you remember back uh, from the first challenge on the first episode, uh, we had that, but, or uh, this, but that, what was it? Uh, Uh, Same, but different. different. Yeah. uh, Same, but different where we had a a sentence uh, that you had to rewrite, but without using a certain amount of any of the words in the sentence, then a certain amount of other words. Um, we're just taking the sideboard uh, part of that challenge. element of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the sideboard, let's, let's, let's think about the sideboard. Okay. So it's a romance story. Let's get out of our, let's get out of our, out of the box on this. I'm going to say, I'm going to throw out, you can't say love. Mm-hmm. You can't say um, kiss. Ro- romance. Obviously. Can't say it. romance. Yeah. So um, romance. Can't say love, hug. Kiss, hug. Um, Let's see. Uh, beautiful. Um, pretty heart. heart. Uh, let's see. What are some other tropey romance things? Think Valentine's Day. Uh, flowers. Um, I don't think we need to ban flowers. No, do it's it. pretty easy to do get it. around. Kill there. it. Kill you it just gotta do whatever type of flower. That's very true. Or... <laughs> I would, but I would say let's leave the sidebar as that. Uh, I kind of wanted that. So let's do two Go more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give me, give me two more. Give me one more. Um, no, yeah, you come. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, miss and. Um, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. Your love, okay. So love, kiss, romance, hug, beautiful, pretty heart, flowers, miss. Um, touch. Okay, I like that. That's a good sideboard. Yeah. All That's right. Good. Okay, so that's the challenge. Um, uh, you what you want to do? Five hundred word max. Um, sure. All right, five hundred word max. Uh, write something romantic. Yeah, if, if if you want to, like in the past, um, 
do something that that isn't just word based you can always set, feel free to send audio files video files uh comic book pages whatever you want to do for the challenge you yeah. can always feel free to send that stuff to our email uh just attach it or do a google drive link or whatever um yeah create something romantic mm-hmm. do we do we are gonna ask if you want it to be featured in in our um in our like weekly sort of roundup of the stories online then you'll have to submit something word based so that we can put it on there whether that's the lyrics to mm-hmm song you wrote a script to uh, uh something that you shot yeah and if there's and and as always if there's something that you that you'd like to send to us you'd like for us to to see and get some feedback on but you don't want it to be shared on the episode that's totally fine too um yes. and just just tell us that because initially we're thinking grabbing our favorites and and talking about them and if but. you have something that you want feedback on that you don't mind if it's shared, come to the Right Guys Discord and yes. share what you have in our workshop channel where we have dedicated editors who are <laughs> who want to help you. <laughs> Not really, but but there are people there. There's a community of people who are enjoying reading each other's work and giving mm-hmm. each other tips and feedback. So it's been great Absolutely. to see Yep. Awesome. Well, this was super fun. And uh, yeah, can't wait till next time. Yes, sir. And happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We love you. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's Day, right, guys? All you right guys out there from the bar. I am Micah Kennard. I'm Ben Worthy. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>